this is a podcast episode. I'm going to do this book called Interviews with the Masters by Robert Greene. And actually, it's going to be uh, pretty much just one of the interviews from this book. So uh, what this book is, Interviews with the Masters. Robert Greene has this book called Mastery, where he talks about mastery, but also he released like a companion book to it called Interviews with the Masters, where he released the interviews from different people kind of like profiled in mask. And I found out that there was this like 120 page interview with Paul Graham. So I checked that out and I'll share some of the lessons from it with some book quotes. And I have this mind map. I did, I took like 80 highlights, so not nothing too crazy, but 80 highlights. So like one highlight per page. I don't know if that's like a good metric, but um, yeah, just a quick overview of Paul Graham. So um, in mastery, he describes him here. Growing up in a suburb of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the early 1970s, Paul Graham became fascinated with the depiction of computers and television and film. They were like electronic brains with limitless power in the near future, or so it seemed you would be able to talk to your computer and it would do everything you wanted. Uh, it can't automatically create this podcast yet, but anyway... Uh, Later on, he was a one of the founders of Y Combinator, and Y Combinator now has a portfolio of uh, $600 billion. Like the, here we go, from Wikipedia. The combined valuation of the top YC companies was more than $600 billion by January 2023, and some of them include Airbnb, Coinbase, Cruise, DoorDash, Dropbox, Instacart, Quora, Reddit, Twitch, Stripe. So... I think most people have probably stayed at an Airbnb. Um, and then beyond that, of course, like Reddit came from Y Combinator. So uh, very significant as far as like internet, internet culture, and then um, the world as well. So I'll just try to do a few different um, principles from this. So I actually kind of like auto use chat GPT to get this. Uh, like I just said, like 10 principles for Paul Graham. And then I'm going to grab a few of these. And it turns out most of these are similar to just like some of the essays, some of the titles from essays that he's written, but um, still really good, uh, really useful to have that list. And I grabbed a few of the principles from it and then i'll connect it to different quotes from interviews with the masters so number one is focus on growth and just a note so i'm posting this on youtube and then posting as a podcast hopefully this is something that you could just listen to that's the intent and then i don't know how interesting the video will be i'm just kind of like going through the mind map but just a meta comment here um Number one, yes. Yeah, so if you're, if you're listening, like watching this on your phone, put it in your pocket and then um, do something while listening. Okay, so number one, focus on to be successful. Startups must grow quickly and cons consistently. Graham suggests measuring progress by the rate of growth, as this metric is directly tied to the value of being created for users. Something that comes to mind is I think the goal is something like grow ten percent each week. And I think this is measured by like 10% user growth each week over 12 weeks of the program. Um, and then you just push and push and push. And um, I, I'm guessing like to just depending on perspective, like that can sound like not that much or that can sound like a lot. Um, but it does add up, you know, things compound and 
Uh, if you're able to keep up that kind of growth in, over the course of 12 weeks, great. And then if you can continue that, you build the systems over that to just keep it growing over a year, um, that grows pretty fast. I've, I've created a spreadsheet uh, that I have not stayed on pace with. But yeah, it is something like if I have 1,000 at the start of the year, then I'll have 10,000. Uh, I, I was doing it for, of course, like YouTube subscribers. So hit subscribe. Um, and here's a quote from the book, Interviews with the Masters. Uh, in this interview, he says, and it's the same in a startup as in an essay. We tell people, take one thing, and that's what you're going to focus on, and you're not allowed to think that you're doing well because there's 1,001 different things that you sort of did this week. All that matters is how well you do on this one thing. And then they can know if they're sucking or not. Ambitious people really hate to suck. So all you have to do is show them that they are sucking and they will frantically avoid it. And yeah, he comments also in interviews with the masters that um, one of the questions, like the weekly check-in with teams is, what did you do in the past week? What are you going to do next week? And then that can align to um, user growth if that's the main thing that they're focusing on. Um Number two, I guess like this is, this is just something I pulled out on my, uh, was just like the importance of writing and essays. So Paul Graham is before, before he, um, created Y Combinator, um, he was writing essays on paulgram.com and that was sort of the, where the idea of, um, creating Y Combinator came from, or at least that's why like he was able to do that. He had people that were reading it. Uh, he was known in the Lisp community and known for building an audience with his online essays. Then when he decided to create Y Combinator, there was an audience of people interested in joining it. So the other thing here is this idea that the essays are important. Um, and he actually says, Y Combinator, it's is itself a thing. So I'm sort of taking making Y Combinator, but Y Combinator is worth about two or three good essays as a thing. Um, I want to focus on this. So yeah, this is where the interview was in 2011, I think, or actually the book came out in 2012. So this interview had to happen before that. Uh, I know I'm a genius at math and, <laughs> and timelines. Um, I'm, I'm guessing the interview was in like 2010, 2011, 2012. Uh, sometime there. And I'd be curious, like now, 13 years later, what um, he thinks of this and thinks of just like his career arc where um, later in the interview, he kind of mentions that he feels like he's just getting started, that it would be a bummer, of course, to die. And he says, yeah, of course, like it's a bummer to die in the first place, but um, to leave the world before he feels he's even getting started would be not be great, but Y Combinator, like in the past 10 years, have, has done huge things. So, um, yeah, I'm curious if he still thinks, like, if he thought in the past it was worth two or three good essays, how many essays does he think it's worth now? And there's this question of, like, what, what does he mean by it being worth two or three good essays? And he says... Um, I'm saying essays matter a lot. When I say Y Combinator only counts as a few essays worth of value, I'm saying essays are valuable and Y Combinator isn't. Robert Greene says, because they last. Paul says, yes, yeah. Robert says, it does last in that it has kind of a domino effect within the culture. And then Paul Graham says, but my gut feels that it doesn't matter that much. But my 
gut feel is that somebody in 100 years can, could conceivably be reading some essay I wrote, but in 100 years, no one will have heard of Y Combinator. In 100 years, only a few people will have heard of Google. What this reminded me of, uh, it, it's just like zooming out, like just the idea of words having value, essays having value, or to things that are real, like in a way, like um, essays are ideas on paper. Y Combinator create, helps uh, founders start companies. Those companies are a little bit more real and they're creating, uh, in, the, in most cases, digital products online, uh, different kinds of apps and things like that, uh, which have some kind of reality. Uh, but yeah, but then, and then Y Combinator as an organization is um, helping to create those things, but he pulls it back to like, in itself, it's worth two or three good essays. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah, again, I'm curious if he's changed his mind on that. But um, this reminded me of this excerpt from Creativity Inc. So this that's a book by Ed Catmull about Pixar animation and kind of like their method. And of course, like uh, Steve Jobs, very involved uh, in Pixar and Pixar's success. And um, Ed Catmull says, his experience with Pixar was part of this change. Steve Jobs aspired to create utilitarian things that also brought joy. It was his way of making the world a better place. That was part of why Pixar made him so proud, because he felt the world was better for the films we made. He used to say regularly that as brilliant as Apple products were, eventually they all ended up in landfills. Pixar movies, on the other hand, would live forever. And so, yeah, just comparing like um, the importance of ideas and stories compared to tan more tangible things like um, products, apps, those are sort of like real things in a digital world. And then uh, comparing that to like actual physical things on Earth um, that, as Steve Jobs says, will eventually end up in landfills. They do create a lot of value along the way, though. All right. Uh, a couple other principles from Paul Graham, and these will relate to his startup uh, that he did before, Y Combinator. So one of them, launch early and iterate. Graham advocates for releasing a minimal viable product as early as possible and then iterating based on user feedback. This allows startups to learn and adapt quickly and then make something people... Paul Graham emphasizes the importance of creating products or services that genuinely address people's needs or desires, as this is key to startup success. And his startup, this was like the first time that he made real money and a lot of it. I think it sold to Yahoo for, I think they said like 50 million, something like that. So via web, online commerce made simple and it allowed people to make online stores. It was the creation of web apps. Um, so you had a browser and then it was able to act with a web page as if it was a local app. And some of his customers even thought it was this app that was running on their machine. And he didn't really have to explain the internals of it other than that it worked, but that, yeah, it was running on a server somewhere and you were using the browser to connect to it. This is how most stuff in the world works right now. And a lot of people probably still don't have that sort of like relationship in their head, but yeah, it, it was a very novel idea way back when. Um, so this was in the late 90s, I think. Maybe it was early 2000s. Uh, no, no, yeah, like late 90s. Um, so yeah, this is this was the startup that he did. And why did he do it? Very clearly, 
he says, why don't I just make a ton of money and I won't have to keep doing this consulting thing? So we deliberately started ViaWeb to make money. That was, the, that was the thing. And he says at some point he saw other people doing startups and kind of just thought like, hey, why not me? Uh, maybe we can make a bunch of money this way. And of course, it, every startup is a journey. And it's not like they started it and sold it one year later for $50 million. A big thing in the book, uh, in the interview that he mentions is that they did have this offer of, I think it was $3 million. So he was thinking split three ways. It could be $1 million in the bank for him. He would have, and at that time he was like this struggling artist. He was trying to be an artist in New York. Um, and that would have solved the problem. Um, solved his money problems. Well, yeah, he was working on this. Um, but he had never made a bunch of money in his life. And then it was kind of an uphill thing. And he was continuing to work with on uh, ViaWeb thinking like, oh man, we could have sold. Uh, we shouldn't have said no to them. Eventually, of course, it pays off. And then they get more than 10x from Yahoo a few years later. But it's sounds like a, a tough few years. And then this is going to be an intro to the next quote. The other principle, focus on the long term. While short-term gains may be appealing, Graham emphasizes the importance of long-term thinking in building a sustainable and successful company. Founders should prioritize long-term value creation over immediate rewards. This goes to kind of like the whole existential question and questioning that Paul Graham does with like working on Y Combinator. And it's sort of this ephemeral thing that it's a, an organization that creates, helps people create companies. But I think the value in it is described well in this uh, quote from him. So Paul Graham says, he compares Y Combinator to a coral reef. He says, coral reef because there's only two things that matter that have made Y Combinator any good, which is picking startups and then helping them once you pick them. Everything just comes from that. And it's very low level. Picking the startups is talking to some individual 20-year-old individual twenty year old, and thinking, is this guy going to do it or not? And then helping them is boring shit. There's too much text on your page. No one knows what to click on. That image is lousy. It's all a bunch of mundane, uh, I'll, I'll say BS. But just like a coral reef, you have these little animals making their little houses. And if you do enough of it, you end up producing this whole atoll. Um, yeah, it's this thing where he talks about like why Combinator at like um, running it is sometimes mundane. Like they do a bunch of these interviews at once. All the interviews are pretty structured. So yeah, the people are interviewing changes, but uh, if you're doing them just like one after the other, after the other, then that can get old. And then with the program itself, it is like this very structured process that they have for um, helping people through the 12 weeks to become, you know, a well-oiled machine of a startup. And because that framework works, they run it, and that can also probably feel mundane. But zooming out and focusing on the long term, this giant coral reef of a system is something to be proud of and definitely worth, at this point, more than two or three good essays. Then, let's see, um, the last one that I had here, I guess, let's see. So something missing from this list of principles, um, I'll just read a few of the others. It says, do things that don't scale, 
be relentlessly resourceful, embrace the power of the hack, seek out the best people, think globally and learn from failures. Um, one of the ideas from Paul Graham that's stuck with me is from his book, Hackers and Painters. It is a book of essays. So a lot of them are the essays that he has on his website. But in one of them, he just talks about Lisp and write like the benefits of Lisp. But a big one is you write fewer lines of code and it isn't like, of course, a, a direct translation that fewer lines of code mean that uh, a program language is better, right? Like there, there's different trade-offs for like clarity and I don't know um, how fast it runs and that sort of thing. But in general, he did think um, that writing less code means that you can work faster. And then, yeah, there's this idea of speed here. So he says, uh, this is from Hackers and Painters. He says, as one data point on the curve, at any rate, if you were to compete with ITA, this is the, uh, I think they do flight. Um, I, I think it might be like the un underlying system if you're still, if you're buying tickets, uh, like airline tickets. And he says, uh, if you were to compete with ITA and choose to write your software in C, they would be able to develop software 20 times faster than you. If you spent a year on a new feature, they'd be able to duplicate it in less than three weeks. Whereas if they spent just three months developing something new, it would be five years before you had it too. And I think this was a big reframe for me. Um, it's pretty intuitive. And like the, uh, the, the speed part that like, um, yeah, this idea that you'll be able to do something really fast and then a slow competitor, if you're 10 X fast, faster, then the slow competitor takes 10 weeks, then it will take 10 X. But then that other idea is, um, I guess like the inverse of it is how long it takes someone slow to catch up to something that you've done. Oh, that's not the inverse. Um, I guess just like reframing the perspective to just talk about how slow one X is in comparison to, um, 10 X that something that takes you a long time will take them an extremely long time to the point that they just won't finish. And then something that takes them a long time, you'll be able to finish very quickly and then get back to more of your new things. So speed is a very good thing in this world. Um, in the world of startups. And that is, that is like one of the big advantages of having that small team is that you can just move very quickly. That that's the end of this episode. I think there's way more, um, in this interview, he talks about, maybe I'll do another episode. Um, because yeah, he talks about like Zuckerberg and then of course, like do things that don't scale is a big idea. Probably like one of his most popular ideas. I didn't really talk about it here. And then did like kind of, a uh, miss talking about like the idea of mastery itself, uh, which is another thing where he just talks about, um, one of his, he, he doesn't open up with saying that this person is a mentor, but Robert Greene kind of points out like, Hey, you did have like this kind of like apprenticeship with, um, I think his name is also Robert, uh, but his co-founder at ViaWeb, uh, when they, yeah, he, he was like this master of Lisp. Um, that, yeah, he learned from and learned to program and yeah, I, I'll, I'll do that in, uh, the next episode, but, um, want to finish this and, uh, do the whole thing of like 
try to release this, learn from it, learn from failures. Let's see, like this episode itself, learn from failures. Graham advises founders to see failure as an opportunity to learn and iterate. Iterate by embracing and learning from mistakes. Entrepreneurs can grow and improve their businesses, and hopefully, I can improve um, this podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're watching this, thanks. For, thank you for watching.